Look at this verse, 1 Corinthians 1.26. What Donna said, it kind of, Paul echoes this sentiment here. Look at this. Brothers and sisters, you know, Byron and Becky, Neil, Buzz and Cindy, all those, the Geens, I mean, all those in this room, really. Um, Consider who you were 25 years ago when God called you. In Paul's words, to salvation, I'm going to add in to spread salvation, to pastor and to plant. Not many of you were wise scholars by human standards, nor were many of you in positions of power. Not many of you were considered the elite when you answered God's call, but God chose those whom the world considers foolish to shame those who think they are wise. And God chose the puny and powerless to shame the high and mighty. He chose the lowly and the laughable in the world's eyes nobodies so that he would shame the somebodies. For he chose what is regarded as insignificant in order to supersede what is regarded as prominent, so that there would be no place for prideful boasting in God's presence. For it is not from man that we draw our life, but from God. As we are being joined to Jesus, the anointed one. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that brings people up. And now he's our God-given wisdom, our virtue, our holiness, our redemption. And this fulfills what is written. If anyone boasts, let him only boast in all that the Lord has done. Hallelujah. All that the Lord has done. All that you've done, God. We boast in you. Just look at what God's done. I've been here for 20 of 25 years. Um, In fact, in two weeks... It'll be the 20th anniversary of when they took a big risk and they honored me by ordaining me into ministry on Memorial Day weekend of 1999. And it seems like about two weeks ago that that happened. And I feel like a lot of times that we're like, they describe Peter and John as uneducated and untrained men, but they realize they had been with Jesus. And if there's one thing about you guys is that everybody in this room knows that you are with the Lord. You've been with Jesus. And it brings that thing. And Becky, like your grandchildren, so well said, Mimi is someone who I can talk to. You're a friend. You're a counselor. You're a well of deep wisdom. But what I love about you the most, Becky, is your flow with the Holy Spirit. Yes, in worship, but also in life. A flow. That's a sermon. And Byron, I have two great dads, my father-in-law and my dad. But you've been a father to me like no one else could ever be. And number one Tar Heel basketball fan. The thing I love about you most, Byron, is that you have always loved God with everything. Everything, like Marlon said, I've seen you in some pretty low moments, but I always knew that Byron was sold out and loved Jesus more than anything else. And at my lowest moments, thank you for always believing in me. So raise your Holy Ghost glasses. Here's a toast. A toast to Jesus. A toast to the Holy Spirit in using Byron and Becky Wicker. Hear, hear. Amen. Yeah, go ahead and take a drink.
<laughs> Holy Ghost, take a drink. Mm. You better watch out. It's coming. I felt in worship this morning. Larry came up and confirmed this. That it's like, you know, when David brought the ark up into Jerusalem, it was like there was a joy arising in this room. And the presence of the Holy Spirit is just getting thicker and thicker. May it continue. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. The word he put on my heart is this. Your breakthrough will become your been through. I said that backwards. Your been through will become your breakthrough. Maybe, hey, maybe both. Your been through will become your breakthrough. About three weeks ago, I was preaching this message in Chapel Hill. You were preaching it too. And I quoted, back in the late 90s, we went to this Acquire the Fire. Anybody remember ATF? And T.D. Jakes' youth pastor was there. And he said this, he said, Don't judge my breakthrough till you've seen my been through. And that always stuck with me, and it wasn't the title of my sermon, but I was quoting that. And then later that day, Byron texted me that phrase. Your been through will become your breakthrough. And the reason that that's going to happen in this place is because our Father is a safe place. Our Father's heart is a safe place. And Byron and Becky and this church have always been a safe place. If you're new here, this is a safe place to grow, a safe place to fail, a safe place to learn. It hasn't always been easy. As people said, the Wickers have been through it, from losing a child to laying down a career to feeling rejected and distraught but endured the call. How? How has this church gone from down to four families, right, to experience the thrill of victory, but also like the ABC's wide world of sports, the agony of defeat. The roof nearly collapsing, extreme financial duress, people passing away, etc., etc. Yet our Father has been a safe place. The Father's house is a safe place. Capital S-A-F-E. I want you to remember that acronym. I'm a little slow. Acronyms help me. A safe place. I want to dive into David's journal here in the next 15 minutes. He found a safe place in Psalm 3. He recorded four keys to being in that safe place that happened to be illustrated with that acronym. S, our God, listen to this now, our God is a shield and a song. Our God is a shield and he's a song. That's why Sarah the songbird is always singing these words even out to people to honor them or when she's preaching, whatever. How many people sing in the shower? Come on, how many people sing in the car? It's not an accident. God's put something in you that's safe. It's a safe place. He's a song and a shield. A, our God is a father who answers our cry. He's a God who answers. F, our God brings freedom from fear. Freedom from fear. And E, our God is a God who doesn't just sympathize with us. He empathizes. He empathizes with every one of our situations. Remember what David did. The great king 
the man after our God's own heart, the Bible says. But think about his been through. I can't even list all of them. That would take too long. But here's just a few. Early on, he stole another man's wife. Um, he had him killed. Um, he, he went through the, the death of a, of a baby. Um, after he had several sons and daughters, this gets really bad and sorry, but it's just bad what their family went through. His son Amnon raped his sister, Tamar. And his other son, Absalom, who was Tamar's brother, was in a complete rage. He murdered his brother two years after the fact and goes into exile for three years. That's a bad day if you're a dad. That's a bad week. That's a bad month, and that's a really hellish three years. David, after that, though, here's the thing. He longs for Absalom. He longs for this man who responded badly, poorly to trauma and committed murder himself and all this. He longs for him to come back out of, out of exile. Read about it in 2 Samuel. But instead, you know how his son responded to him. His son utterly betrayed him. His son raised up at least half of the army, Israel, and went out, set out to kill his dad. To kill him, to take him out, to steal the kingdom. Now that bad day, week, month, year, and three years, it got a whole lot worse. While in the desert of Judah being hunted down by his son's troops, this father pours out his heart in a journal entry that we're going to read here this morning. And let me just note that after this happened too, Absalom continued his rebellion in an epic battle. If you remember from Sunday school, he had long hair. He got hung from a tree by his hair. He didn't die. He just rode under it under, on his mountain. He's hanging there, and Abner comes. It's like, what do you mean you didn't kill him? And he, killed, he stabs him through the heart, and he kills Absalom. And when the troops return back to David expecting a congratulations, all this father can do is weep. All he can do is hide in his room and cry, Absalom, oh, Absalom, my son Absalom. Can't you just feel the Father's heart? What did he write? Psalm 3, verse 1. But in the depths of my heart, I truly know that you, Yahweh, have become my shield. You take me and surround me with yourself. Your glory, your kabod, it covers me continually. You lift high my head when I bow low in shame. Shame's being broken off. Jacob declared it in song. Shame's being broken off. Why? Because in the depths of our heart, we truly don't just know something mentally. We know something experientially. We know that we know that there is a shield. There's a safe tower to run to. There's people in this room, you need to hear this this morning. Whatever your been through is right now is going to be the place of your breakthrough. 
Find the Father's heart. Find it. It's readily available. You're safe there. Because our God is a shield, number one. Verse four, he said, I've cried to you, Yahweh, from your holy present. You sent me a Father's help. Wow. Not just help. You need dad. Where is my dad when I need him? You need a father to help you. You need a man of God, a man of wisdom, a man of strength, a man of war. You need a guy who can kick butt and take names on the devil. You need someone who's going to bring what you need. Not only has that been what Byron is for me in my life, but that's who your father and my father is in heaven. I recently found myself taken back to some different rooms in my life that were rooms that were painful. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like memories. You ever all of a sudden like, whoa, what? Why am I think? Why am I there? These painful, a couple different rooms that I, I'm thinking of. And, you know, some of them were very hurtful. Obviously, one of them can train extreme betrayal and, and all of these things. But here's the thing about those rooms. Here's what I found. Jesus is there. Jesus is in that room. As the Holy Spirit in this season takes you into those rooms of hurt and pain and trauma, Jesus is there to take it on the cross, to take your trauma and put it on the cross, to take it and nail it and do away with it once and for all. In one of those rooms, I said, Jesus, what are you saying about these people? And he gave me his heart. Kind of reminds me of the shack. You know, he gave me his heart. And all of a sudden, I found healing, I found wholeness, I found forgiveness. And honestly, I thought that some of those rooms were done with. But it's just like another layer of the onion. And I think as David is, is here in the desert in Judah hiding from his son to kill him, hello, after all the list of other things, God takes him into these rooms and he begins to write. He begins to write in your journal. Write down what God's speaking to you. Let him reveal his heart for you in that situation and the other people in the room. Our father is a father who answers. He will answer you. It may not happen in a moment, but he will. Verse 5, so now I'll lay down and sleep like a baby. What in the world? Has anybody ever had trouble sleeping? Raise your hand if you haven't had trouble sleeping. Now let me get this straight. David's just been through all of that. And he's in the wilderness being hunted down by his son's troops to kill him. And he's going to lay down and go to sleep. He's going to take a nap. Like a baby, Donna. That's even better. We've got a puppy in the house. I wish the thing would take a nap. That would be great. No, I love that puppy. And then I'll awake, how? In safety. Why? Because you surround me with your glory. He had this revelation. He didn't just believe, yeah. No, he knew this. Like, my God is a strong tower. He knew this. He went and took a nap. He went to sleep through the night. 
God spoke to him because he's surrounded with the kabod. And even though dark powers prowl around me, what does he say? I won't be what? Oh, it's not up there. I won't be afraid. Verse 6, I think it is. I will not be afraid. There it is. F. F. Our Father brings freedom from fear. Freedom from fear. Who has that testimony? Come on, shout it out. Freedom from fear. Everywhere we look, get off the news if you have to. Close Facebook. You know, whatever you have to do, there's no fear in love. Freedom from fear, it's found in the safe place of the Father's heart. I simply cry out to you, verse 7. Rise up and help me, Lord. Come and save me. And you will slap them in the face. (laughs) Those spiritual demons breaking the power of their words to harm me. Who needed that more than David? I often wondered, God, why did they have such a difficult time following Dave? I mean, he... We see him as the pinnacle of a leader and a godly man. But every time you turn around, somebody else is rising up half the the armies to go against him. Like, why? Words hurt David. But God's heart breaks the power of the words. He said, my true hero comes to my rescue, for the Lord alone is my Savior. What a feast of favor And bliss he gives his people. Our God, our Father, is a God who can empathize with our situations. Sympathize means to feel sorry for. Empathize means to literally feel your pain. David found a father in heaven who felt what he felt. I'll never forget in one of my earliest traumatic moments as a young adult, uh, I had been married young, and there was a betrayal situation. I remember one night sitting there and puddling tears and, you know, snot and all the stuff. It's gross. And, and I just said to the Lord, I cried out to him. I'm like, Lord, I feel so betrayed. He said, I know, Matthew. The way you feel now is the way I felt times a thousand when they hung me on the cross. Will you bear my suffering? I said, well, if you say it to me that way, Lord, of course I will. David found a God who empathized with him in every situation. When dealing with trauma, you can find Jesus a shield in your room. You can go to him and you can ask him questions that he will answer. And his voice will deliver you from all fear. Because he's a God that can empathize. I've seen Byron and Becky and many, many, many others around this room in this church find this safe place over and over again. And it's here for you as well. This morning, there's a safe place to break off trauma, to destroy fear, 
to find your identity in who you are. To once again rise up and be that man, mighty man and woman of valor that God is calling you. Let me conclude with this verse. And it's interesting because as far as I can tell, it may have been more, but David wrote this one also, Psalm 63, in that same situation in the wilderness, hiding out from Absalom. And I want to see where he, I want you to see where he comes to. Psalm 63, verse 1. O oh God of my life, I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. Wait, what? He's lovesick? Look at the heart. You can almost feel the healing surrounding him. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more. With cravings in my heart that can't be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary to see more of your power and drink in more of your glory. For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. How I love and praise you, God. God, daily I worship you passionately and with all my heart. My arms will wave to you like banners of praise. I overflow with praise when I come before you. For the anointing of your presence satisfies me like nothing else. You are such a rich banquet of the anoint wait, the rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. I lie awake each night, not in sleeplessness, but in a, like a daydream, thinking of you and reflecting on how you help me. Like a father, I sing through the night under your splendor shadow, offering up to you my songs of delight and joy. With passion, I pursue and I cling to you because I feel your grip on my life. I keep my soul close to your heart. Why don't you guys stand with me? Fine. Let's pray right now. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit would do what only God can do. God, you are our banner. You are our safe place. You are the one that we run to. And right now we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and break off trauma. Break off free fear. Break off sleeplessness. Break off anxiety. God, in the name of Jesus, you give to your children sleep. Sweet sleep, God. We thank you that our day starts at night. God, I pray for those right in here right now that are just suffering with insomnia. We declare your healing over them right now. Your healing over them right now. Stress, go. Fear, go. Anxious thoughts, go. Fear of finances, go. Fear of the future, go. Fear of failure, go. Go in the name of Jesus. And now we invite you, Prince of Peace. Come and reside. The God of King David, you're in the room. Come right now. Saturate us. We bless your name. Amen. We'd like to invite our ministry team to come forward, please. If you want someone to pray with you before you leave today, we invite you to come forward. We want to pray for you. That's what these folks are here for. We want to pray for your healing. We want to pray. Go after something. If something today sparked you and you want to go after it, we want to do that with you. So for everybody else, you can hang out in his presence for a little while or you can be released.
If you're a guest, we're so glad you were here today with us. Be blessed, y'all. Have a great day. Happy Mother's Day. Darkness tries to roll over my bones. Sorrow comes to steal the joy I own. Brokenness and pain is all I know. I won't be shaken. I won't be shaken. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand.